Welcome to the From the Top podcast, a podcast of firsts and part of the new Across the Top podcast network. My name is Stanton Watson, and as your host, my goal for this podcast is to encounter as many first things or first experiences as I can and use those first experiences to review whether or not I would keep doing that thing. So mainly what I'm going to look at are first episodes of shows, first books in a series, first songs on an album, as many firsts as I can think of or that can get suggested to me. So this is a project inspired by my actual students. I'm a high school English teacher, so my actual students are doing their independent projects in my class where I've wanted them to just explore something that they've always been interested in or something they've wanted to try. And having a podcast is something I've always wanted to try. I've listened to podcasts for a long time. Uh, I enjoy just finding those things where sharing an interest with other people who have very specific interests or things that they like to talk about and discuss. I just think it's cool that there's something out there for everybody. And so, uh, you know, podcasting or listening to podcasts at least has replaced listening to music for me for the most part. And so I thought, why not give it a shot? So that's enough about me. I do want to talk about the parameters of the podcast and kind of how I'll set my limits and how I'll pick what I review or what I experience for the podcast. Uh, I do want to clarify that I'm not really going back to things that I've already seen or read or listened to, anything like that, anything that I've done that I'm that familiar with. I want to be exposed to things that are new to me. And so usually they're coming from suggestions from other people or things that I just come upon in passing or I hear somebody talk about that I never really heard of or just something I've not tried. That's what I'm going for. I do have a lot of specific interests, you know, things that I'm really a nerd about, whether it's you know, Marvel or Star Wars or, you know, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, all these kinds of things. I'm big into fantasy football. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of shows that I spent my time watching. I'm a huge movie fan and, and TV fan, depending on the quality of the show. And so it won't be the those things that I'm already familiar with. So if you're looking for a review for something that maybe you're a big fan of, uh, go ahead and suggest it to me uh, at podfromthetop at gmail.com. It may be something that I've already seen or watched, so I'll be sure to, to mention those things on the show. But uh, I'm trying to encounter things that I'm just not that familiar with. So maybe I'll mention some things that you're into that, that I haven't experienced before. That doesn't mean that everything I review is a new thing. It could be an old thing that's been around for a while that I've just never actually encountered before. And as new things come out of those things that I am interested in, I can still review the new episode of the newest Marvel show or the new episode if there's or a new movie installment if there's an, a, a new series coming out from one of those uh, established brands that I've already experienced. And I can definitely review that. But I want to have a wide exposure to things that I just haven't encountered before, and I like to base it off suggestions that I get from friends or from students or things like that. So without, you know, I'm just going to get into it. That's enough about what I've got going on. Uh, That's the motivation for the podcast, though. But again, if you do want to make a suggestion to me in the future, it's podfromthetop at gmail.com. So I'm going to start with a suggestion I got from a student who told me that I need to listen to the first song on the Sam Hunt Montevallo album. Sam Hunt's not a name that I was familiar with. Uh, Listening to the song Take Your Time, though, I realized that I had heard it before. Not really paid attention to it, but the melody kind of sounded familiar to me. But like I said, I don't listen to a ton of new music anymore because I do spend most of my time listening to podcasts about fantasy football and movies and TV shows and things like that. 
So take your time. As soon as I turned the song on, the first thing that stuck out to me was the kind of piano and guitar pickup right there at the beginning of the song. And it struck me as kind of, this might be a bad comparison, but kind of a daughtry, kind of like a, a familiar like Christian rock kind of vibe that I really didn't mind the sound of. It didn't sound like anything that I hadn't really, uh, that was groundbreaking or anything like that. But I didn't mind it. Uh, but then the talking started. And I don't want to be talked to in my ear by some guy uh, that I don't know that sounds like, you know, what he's trying to do in the song is pick up this woman, even though he claims that's not what he's trying to do. He's trying to pick up this woman at the bar or wherever they are. And uh, although I can see, you know, he's not got a bad voice. I can see how some listeners of certain, you know, demographics would like it and find that maybe attractive. But to me, uh, that's just not what I'm there for. I didn't want to turn a song on and be immediately just talked to by somebody, uh, talked at by somebody that's kind of got a little bit, to me, a pushy vibe, even though he claims that that's not what he's trying to be. Uh, I just when you, when you start off your song that way, to me, he does have a, a, a cool or a good voice, I guess, but I was getting real like, I think I'm cool vibes, and that's just not what I'm about. Uh, it is funny to me that the message of the song seems to be he's not trying to be this certain kind of guy, uh, but he he's doing everything that he says he's not wanting to be or not, what he doesn't want to do. Like, he's not the kind of guy who just walk up and start hitting on you and trying to pick you up. Like, dude, that is what you're doing right now. Um, so he's saying one thing and act thinking, well, this is true of all these other guys, but I'm cool enough that it's not true of me. So he spends all of his time, the whole song, talking about the things he's not trying to do. And I thought, well, this is interesting. What What's left for there to do? You're, you're not, you're ruling out literally any of the things that you could be trying to do. I mean, what ultimately, he just says, I want to take your time. What does that mean? You just want to waste my time here for a few minutes? Like I'm sitting here and I don't have anything better to do, but sitting you listen and ramble on what you're not trying to do. I don't really get what time he's trying to take what i don't i don't what are you going to do with it is my question he says things like i don't want your heart i don't want to fall in love i don't want to meet your parents you're you know he's he, he's not looking for a relationship he makes that clear he doesn't want to go home with her either though he, he just literally wants to be alone i guess in an empty room and have a few minutes of this girl's time he doesn't want to change her mind about something, apparently, I guess, presumably about him. Like, I'm not trying to get you to change your opinion about me. I can tell that maybe you don't like me or you're skeptical of me. I'm not even trying to change your opinion about that. But he doesn't He doesn't want her to, to, to be his. He says, I don't want to call you mine. I'm not going to call you baby. Like, you've ruled everything out. You don't want a relationship. You don't want to go home with her either. You don't want her heart. You don't want to fall in love. I'm, I'm unsure what your motivations are, except literally you're just saying you want to waste my time or this girl's time. So either you're absolutely just upfront asking for something you shouldn't be with no strings attached at all and basically saying up front, I'm not, hey, I'm not going to stick around. I'm not going to act like I, I like you. I'm not going to bother you with calling you because I'm not going to blow your phone up or anything like that. Let's just literally be in a room alone together for a few minutes with no intentions. So he's trying pretty hard to convince her that he's not after anything else at all. Um, I'm just confused as to what the message is supposed to be. Now, aside from his appeals, the rhythm and the melody of the song, they're fine. They're obviously catchy. The chorus is 
catchy as crap in my opinion it's something that you know i could i could see myself accidentally singing to if it happened to be on the background and i wasn't paying attention uh, it's not a sound that I haven't really heard before. I do like that it is just on the right side of country. Not a big country fan, so it doesn't go too far in that uh, annoyingly country direction. I'm not even sure if he's supposed to be country or if he's trying to do his own thing. But uh, it's, I didn't find it too too twangy or anything in that regard or in that direction. So ultimately, based off of that song, it's got a fine sound once you get to the chorus. The instrumentals are fine. Uh, the style, though, the attitude, it just doesn't seem to me like something that I would keep listening to beyond the first song of the album. So that was my initial reaction, and that's another thing I want to make clear is that I'm trying not to do these things more than once. I'm trying to experience it for the first time and give my initial honest reaction of how I felt while I was experiencing it. So if you disagree, uh, and I'd love to hear from you if you agree, you disagree, you want me to think of something differently, or maybe you think, oh man, there's a really real reason you should keep listening or watching, I'd love to hear from you. So if you're one of my students, come tell me. If you're just listening, podfromthetop at gmail.com. I'd love to know what you think. So the next thing that I'm going to review, I watched the first episode of the show Dahmer on Netflix. I'm obviously late to the party on this one, but it's been on the list for a while, just having trouble you know, finding time to actually sit down and get to watch it. I did mention earlier that I'm a big TV fan. I just, there's so much options. There are so many options out there now. There's definite discrepancies between high quality TV and just junk. And so it's hard to pick. You know, you, you pick the shows that you think you're really going to enjoy because there's so many things we could spend our time doing. I'm watching a lot of football right now, watching a lot of sports. And then when you watch a show, you really want it to be worth your time. Uh, but this is definitely one that's been on the list. So I want to give you my thoughts on the first episode of Dahmer. Uh, mentioned that I, I like, you know, it's it, when you're trying to pick between the shows that you want to watch and spend your time on, you want to know that it's a high-quality, well-made show. And I think that's the first thing that jumps out at you when you watch this show is you notice the period detail. It's set early 90s. Uh, it doesn't feel like it was just a set that was made for the show. It feels like, yeah, this this was the setting. This is where it took place. It doesn't seem fake. They got the detail right. They got the feel right in the atmosphere. And you can tell that because everything in the early 90s, really the average household, was just older stuff from the 80s. And uh, But you just got enough detail and you recognize the time period and the clothing and the technology the current events, you know, the nice little touches in the background that you can tell, they put a lot of effort into this. They wanted to make it accurate to the time. That's the first thing you notice when you turn on a show. Uh, you also immediately notice the tension created between Dahmer and his neighbor in the opening scene. And I think that's what this kind of show has to do. So if you're going to keep people watching, you've got to create that tension and the suspense from the outset. Now, that's naturally going to be there in a show about a serial killer. But they're trying to establish, I think, that like these kinds of things went on in an apartment building surrounded by neighbors and it just makes you wonder how did these things go on for so long and I say these things uh, if you don't know the specifics of what Jeffrey Dahmer did I didn't know a ton of them before getting into the show and watching it but you just need to do your own research or watch the show but how could somebody get away with the things that he got away with surrounded by neighbors for so long but they do, like I said, a great job of establishing that tension early in the show. And I think based on what I've seen in the first episode, that relationship or that 
connection to his surroundings is going to be a big part of the show. Another thing that I noticed early in the show, talking about creating tension, is that the musical accents and like the atmospheric notes that are meant to kind of add emphasis to the things that you're seeing on screen or make you feel even more uncomfortable, they actually don't really work. It would have been a lot more tense, I feel like, to just let the silence overwhelm. They just kind of seem out of place, a little obvious at times what they're trying to do. Uh, when silence really could have made you more uncomfortable. In a show about a serial killer who did the things that he did and maybe, you know, consumed his victims and kept their body parts and all kind of unpleasant, nasty stuff, let the characters and the tension between the characters do the work and don't treat us like we can't figure that out for ourselves with unnecessary, you know, atmospheric notes. Another thing that I noticed immediately is that Evan Peters, obviously creepy, obviously getting into the role, the voice and the speech pattern, his accent, they are totally unrecognizable. You would not hear that voice and think that you're hearing Evan Peters, but when you're looking at him, to me, he's just such a recognizable face that it's hard not to just think, well, that's Evan Peters. He's he's pretending to be Jeffrey Dahmer. And when you want somebody to portray such a larger-than-life figure like that, I think maybe you know casting an unknown or somebody that's not as recognizable might have been a better choice, even though he obviously knocks the, from what I've seen from the first episode, he knocks the role out of the park. Uh, speaking of, he does a great job in this role of somebody who you can tell he's somebody who wants to earn the trust of the people that he's eventually going to make his victims, but he can flip the switch really quickly from the innocent act to domineering and controlling and menacing. And to me, it's probably an easy and a lazy comparison, but I got a little Heath Ledger Joker vibes from just the the sudden quick burst of anger out of nowhere and then back to the calm. It really, I think he might have been channeling some Heath Ledger there. I will say this, you almost can't help but watch the show just for the factor of people who had the chance to avoid what ha- what what was going to happen to them. The people who put themselves in position through their lifestyle or, or however it ended up to just end up a victim of somebody like this. When you, when you don't know the exact details of his crimes as a viewer, then you think anybody he encounters, whether it's his neighbor or some guy he just met or just anybody that comes in his path, they could be in danger and you just don't know. And that, that tension definitely keeps you pulled along and watching. It's also much scarier to me and creates more tension for me to know that these things did happen. You you have to find out what is it? You know, what are the details? How do these things actually unfold? Because you know it's true and you know it's real. Another lighter note, I do like, you know, I got to a scene where I won't try to spoil too much, but I do like having some context for the memes that I've seen from the show. So even though there's nothing funny about the show at all, the memes that I've seen from the show are pretty dark but funny. Uh, and, and you do definitely get that context pretty early on in the episode. Uh, another thing that I think really works for the show is the camera work. It's very lingering and hovering in the face and like from not entirely from the perspective of the characters, but it's like you're the third character and you're observing from up close. It puts you right in the scene, ramps you up just to how uncomfortable it is watching somebody try to survive and say the right things and do the right things just so they can get away from this guy. Of course, as an audience member, we already know what these people are up against and they realize it maybe once it's too late. 
So fast forward a little bit, I will say that, you know, you spend most of the episode actually, you know, it may be from the trailer, but since it's the first episode, I don't feel like it's too much of a spoiler. The show actually opens on the event or on the day that actually ended up with him getting arrested, which I didn't expect. I I might have expected it to go chronologically in in his life, and I don't know where it goes from here because I've only seen the first episode. But so we see eventually that the cops wind up at his apartment, and the kind of details and the evidence that they are able to find so easily, it just makes you wonder how somebody living the way that he did was able to get away with it for so long. I just don't understand it. Obviously, I don't think it could. Well, I'm, you know, people get away with it every day. I was going to say it wouldn't happen anymore, but it's just the definition of hiding in plain sight. You do learn that apparently people had suspected him and had reported him of being suspicious or having weird smells or doing weird things, weird noises coming from his apartment for a long time. And for whatever reason, it just went uninvestigated uh, or, or unsuspected for some reason. Uh, but I would like to know more. I'm interested to find out going forward if the show gets into that more, into more of his backstory, or if we're going to learn about it through like a court case or legal proceedings or something along those lines. I'd just like to know more about how many scrapes or how many close calls he got into before now and how many opportunities he had to get caught. Another thing that the show makes you think about, and I think this is intentional, well, obviously it's intentional. I wouldn't have put it in the show, but you don't think of a serial killer or somebody like Jeffrey Dahmer having parents. But that's a really, really heartbreaking side of this show from the beginning, and I think that they're going to continue with this throughout the series. It's the fact that Richard Jenkins, who you would know probably as the father from Step Brothers, he's in lots of things, but you see him, I, I associate him mostly with with. A more comedic role, he kind of plays a good straight man in a comedy where the joke's happening around him. But you know, he, he's obviously a very dramatic actor too. His portrayal of Jeffrey Dahmer's father learning about the things that his son has done or is accused of is just heartbreaking, and that to me is compelling enough to keep watching too. If I'm if I'm learning these things from his perspective. And just the role that he's going to play going forward. How do, what do you do as a parent, as a father? This is just, I've got to keep watching to find that out. Again, you notice by the end of the episode, I know it might be kind of a picky thing to, to harp on, but when all these other elements work, you shouldn't notice music, I don't guess. Music should add to your enjoyment, but the music to me just doesn't add to the show. It takes away from it. It's, it doesn't seem to quite fit what it's establishing or what it's trying to do when you've done such a good job of building that tension without it. But it kind of keeps to be noticeable throughout the show. So like I said, since it really starts from him being caught and arrested at the beginning, bringing in the father and seeing him process all this news from his perspective knowing that this appears to be headed toward more of a courtroom drama, I'm guessing, and kind of a retrospective in that way, I definitely plan to keep watching. Although sometimes you can get sucked into a show that uh, you you recognize it's going to be compelling and that it's well made. You also know that you're going to feel terrible as you watch it. Uh, this happens with, I've watched, you know, The Walking Dead, for example. There's nothing about that show that makes you feel good. But you have to keep watching it, or at least I did for a while. Uh, I felt like it kind of jumped the shark there after a while, but I do plan to get back to that. So maybe I can review my first uh, step back into The Walking Dead. But shows like The Sopranos, 
Breaking Bad, even most episodes of Game of Thrones, like you don't feel great. Nothing about those shows feel good, but they're so dark and they're so, you know, such about imperfect people that you just have to keep watching. And that's definitely the kind of show that this is. Obviously, you wouldn't think that you'd leave a show about Jeffrey Dahmer feeling good about yourself. But it's so dark that you just you can't look away from it like a bad car crash. You just have to know what happened. So, again, for my final note on Dahmer, uh, the verdict is I'm going to keep watching. I I can't not find out more, even though I'm not going to like what I find out. I do plan to keep watching Dahmer to see how that unfolds. On a completely different note, going to take a really hard turn here. I was suggested by a student to watch the anime show Fruits Basket on Hulu, and I was told specifically to watch the 2019 version. I don't know if that means that there are more versions, but this was the version I was told to watch. So this is Fruits Basket on Hulu, and it is an anime. Uh, I don't even know if Dragon Ball Z counts as an anime, but that was the last anime that I watched growing up, about middle school age. I was so big a fan of Dragon Ball Z, and I would watch Gundam. Again, I don't know if that counts as an anime either, but just because it was on. But other than that, I haven't seen an anime now in probably 15, 20-ish years. I do have a couple of friends and many students that swear by it. Um, Based on this first episode, by and large, I'd have to say that a return to anime is probably not for me, but that doesn't mean that other people can't like it. That's not what this is about. This is just about whether I like my first experience with something. And so I'm going to run through what I thought about my first experience with Fruits Basket. So the very first thing you see is you the main girl uh, is a girl that's living in a tent, and for something has happened to her mother, you find out. She misses her mom for some reason. She's got a picture of her mother that she keeps with her in this tent that she's living in, in the woods. Again, we don't know why, but we know from the start that this is going to be an important thing about her character. And she leaves her tent. Uh, She's living on the edge of some metropolitan city. And uh, on her way to town, I guess she stumbles upon a house in the middle of the woods where she's living. Apparently, somebody she knows from school lives there. You find out really early in the show that there's some type of element of the Zodiac that's really involved with this show. You know that, you know, they brought it up enough with the opening scene that you really have no context for. You kind of guess that it has to do with the Zodiac. And to some viewers, it was probably really obvious, like, hey, this is about the Zodiac. But to me, uh, it's not, you know, you can tell that that it's probably going to be an influence, but you're not quite sure exactly how that's going to play a role. But it does come back up immediately you hear about an old zodiac folktale involving this mysterious cat that apparently was one time part of the zodiac but there's there's not a cat in the zodiac now and it has to do with something about the rat that's part of the zodiac lied to the cat and told it it was supposed to be somewhere that it wasn't or something like that so the girl decided when she heard that story that she was going to be a cat because she was she was apparently born in the year of the dog or that was her zodiac sign and or if that's even a thing I'm not sure, but she was a dog. Now she wanted to be a cat because the cat got tricked and that hurt her feelings. Uh, I don't know anything about anime. I've made that clear, but I do know that the dubs, if these are actually dubbed, I'm guessing this is a Japanese show that's been made for American audiences too, or these voice actors, they don't seem very good to me, or they don't seem very convincing at least. They're pretty annoying most of them and sometimes just really distracting to me like they don't seem to fit the character or maybe I can't tell if they're acting that way because I'm not supposed to like the character or if I'm supposed to like the character but the voice just doesn't work and it just puts you off of them 
You find out there's a prince, apparently, of some kind. I'm not sure what kind of prince. They say he's the prince of the school because he's very cool, I guess. But also, maybe he's an actual prince. It's not very clear. Yeah, I guess I'm supposed to stick around and find that part out. Uh, But apparently the guy that she meets in the house in the woods is a prince of some kind. This is the prince at the school, and there's a prince fan club of some other girls who don't like that this girl showed up at school with Prince, who who turns out his name is Yuki. That's the prince's name. Again, I don't know if the prince thing is literal or not. Maybe I'm supposed to know. Maybe I'll find out later. There's another girl that comes along. I never got her name, but she has the power to read people's waves, which I think is the same thing as vibes. I can't tell if this is a joke or if it's some kind of supernatural skill that she has, but this is the first instance where you really get a hint that, like, there could be something supernatural going on. I think the the boys that she meets at the house, Yuki and his brother, oh, what was his name, Shiguri, I think, that maybe they're hiding something. And, spoiler alert, you come to find out that they are hiding something. So there is a supernatural element to this show. I guess I should have known this with it being an anime. It wasn't just going to be... Uh, everyday high school drama but anyway let's see so I'm thinking too you know it's it's pretty clear at this point just the way that Yuki acts and he seems to have some type of mysterious effect kind of like an Edward Cullen vibe on Bella which again I'm not a big Twilight fan that's the best comparison I have for it I can't tell if the effect that he has on girls is more of a supernatural thing or not but they all seem to be just kind of taken with him. I will say this, that the artwork is amazing. The detail is amazing. And I think you have to have that, like really realistic and detailed environments and scenery so that the over-the-top reactions of the characters and the animations, you know, to kind of show their emotions or how they, you know, these larger-than-life reactions really stand out. But there's a scene in a home economics class where they are cooking up some food that looked amazing to me. And if you've got more of that, then maybe I'll stick around and watch some more. We find out that Yuki, not Yuki, Toru is the main girl's name. We find out that Toru is supposed to be living with her grandfather, but her grandfather is remodeling her house or something. So she says, well, I'm going to go take care of myself and live out in the woods. I think, though, I don't know, This that seems like a pretty lazy detail for the fact that she's just supposed to end up living in the house with these two guys for a reason that we'll find out later. I can say this, Yuki seems to be a jerk. I don't really understand if I'm supposed to like this guy or not, but... The central conflict of the show at one point seems to be that Yuki just hates cats. And this is a problem because Toru, I think her name is, loves cats. So this is big drama, obviously. Uh, We learn that Toru's dad died when she was very young and shortly after the mom died later. But the mom seems to have, have had a much bigger impact on Toru's life and everything she wants to do and accomplish now is in honor and in memory of her mother. So she wants to make something of herself. She wants to work hard. She doesn't want to be a burden on her grandfather. She wants to graduate high school and go do all these amazing things that her mom apparently didn't get to do, which I think is fine. That's that's a that's a good note for a character. Some of the things about the show, the characteristics are a little bit more forced and lazy and obvious to me, but I think, you know, that's a that's I like that detail. Uh, I don't know that there's I can't tell in an anime what's supposed to be funny or not. I do think there were a funny a couple of funny things that worked. There was a funny joke about, you know, Yuki wanting to be a uh, not Yuki Toru, sorry, fans of Fruits Basket. Toru wants to be a really hard worker, and she's kind of a manic worker. So her new coworkers really like her because she does all the work. 
And just the way it plays out on the scene kind of makes you like a <laughs> laugh. Like, at least I didn't expect that. It's more than I expected to get a little bit of a chuckle out of it. And there was another funny joke about, uh, I don't know if it was meant to be funny, but there was a funny joke about how a cliff falls in. And they say, well, it couldn't have been a cliff that, you know, it couldn't have been where you were camping. And the very next thing you see is her entire campsite destroyed by this landfill or this landslide, excuse me. And I thought that was funny. I don't know if it was supposed to be, though. Uh, so we're getting close to the end of the episode. Shigiri also is apparently a, uh, or a jerk who laughs at Toru. I don't. Yuki, Shiguri, they're weirdos. They seem like weird guys. Apparently this is for a reason. They are hiding something, but I don't know why you'd want to live with these people. But Toru needs a place to stay. They're looking for a live-in maid. For some reason, they don't know how to cook for themselves, so it's a win-win situation. She gets a place to stay. She can, you know, she can earn her way there, I guess, by cooking and cleaning. Uh, that's not a very progressive modern message, though, I'll have to say. But anyway, so again, the girl missing her mother is a pretty touching and thinking back on missed opportunities that she could have had with her family, the need to support herself, the desire to succeed at school and do something with her life. I like those notes about this character. She's the only likable character, and even then she's not that likable because she's kind of annoying, but I don't know that that's her fault. It's more written that way, or maybe that's just how she's portrayed. Let's see. We get another note that maybe Yuki's hiding something else that he hasn't broken free of. And again, it's the first episode, so it's not going to give everything away. But they're trying to lay the seeds or the uh, so that we keep coming back for more. We want to know what all these little mysteries and hints are that are being made. Spoiler alert: If you're still wanting to know, like, okay, what is the hi- what are these people hiding? Yuki apparently is somehow the king of the rats or something like this. And this goes back to the Zodiac rat that we heard about earlier. And we also find out at the end of the episode that, you know, they made all these hints that if somebody touches me or hugs me, something's going to happen. And you don't really find out what that's supposed to be. Why why do they keep saying that? Of course, you know, if you're bringing it up that much, it's going to have something to do with something. Turns out at the end that if I, I guess a human or anybody touches these characters, they turn into their Zodiac creature, which I didn't see that coming, honestly. Maybe I should have. But some redheaded guy jumps through their roof and lands in their bedroom, and they're going to fight. But then uh, Toru comes in, accidentally falls on the guy. He turns into some kind of, I can't even remember what it was. He turns into some type of Zodiac creature. And now there's Zodiac creatures everywhere, and that is where the show ends. And I have to say, as much as I thought that it was kind of annoying, the voice acting didn't work, I'm not an anime fan. I did like Toru's character a little bit. The fact that that just came out of nowhere at the end and then the first episode ended, I might have to watch the second episode. I don't think this is a show that I'd keep watching the whole season through, but maybe the first five minutes of the second episode to see if it gets better. I do like action. I don't mind action of any form. I don't watch a lot of uh, animated shows, but they might keep me interested if it does become more action-oriented. If it's more high school drama oriented, I get enough of that at work. I don't have to see it in an anime. So this one's a maybe, maybe like the first five minutes of the next episode. So Sam Hunt, not for me. Dahmer, definitely going to watch the rest of it. Fruits Basket, you've earned another five minutes. So that's been the first episode of From the Top, a podcast of firsts where I start from the top of any new thing that's suggested to me or anything that strikes my interest, and I see if I can use that thing to evaluate whether or not I keep doing that thing. If you have suggestions for me, you have complaints, comments, you want to agree, disagree, again, you can reach me at podfromthetop at gmail.com. 
Be sure to keep an eye out for the other podcasts on the Across the Top podcast network. We've got Yanks Across the Pond, hosted by my friend Andrew Fisher on Spotify, who's given us a current look at Americans playing overseas for the big clubs, for the big football clubs overseas, as well as the U.S. men's national team. And don't forget to look out for the 20 for 20 podcast, where I'll spend about 20 minutes each week interviewing my students on their 20-time independent creative projects in my class. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. Looking forward to the second one. Thank <laughs> you.